Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ayo, Jane! Ayo, pesta! How's it been going? I've got so much honey in my tummy! You save some for me. I won't eat it all, Jean, I promise. You best not. Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree. Making daisy chains and watching all the honey. Um, that was me drinking the honey. Oh no, stop it. Oh, <laughs> I'm so craving for that honey. I'm seeing you at the weekend. You're going to bring a couple of pots, aren't you? I'll bring it in a wheelbarrow. Is it is it cheeky of me to ask for two pots? Two pots? I'll bring you 22 pots if you like. I haven't got room for 22 pots. I tell you what, I'll bring you 52 jars if you like. <laughs> I could feed the whole of Brighton <laughs> with those. Hey, you daft mare. I know, I'm being a bit silly because I'm I'm actually a bit overexcited today. Oh, why? Well, this week we've been doing a workshop for our musical, you know, about hoarding. So yesterday we had an amazing trip to this place in Birkenhead called Ron's Place. Mm. And Ron was like a very unusual person who died and he was a very unusual person. Uh, You could say he was an outsider artist and he lived in this flat in Mm. Birkenhead and nobody knew that for 20-odd years Ron had been, like, making his accommodation into an art installation, basically. He wasn't a straightforward man. You know, he had a lot of difficulties and I'm sure just reading between the lines and actually seeing his art, I'm sure he he suffered from a lot of mental health issues and that's why we were interested to go and visit his house because at first we thought he was a hoarder and I think, you know, he did hoard stuff. He hoarded loads of stuff in his his house and when when he died, you know, there was lots and lots of stuff in there but it was almost like he hoarded art, his own artwork. So it really tied up with our musical but, oh, my God, it was so interesting and... You know, it was really good for us to go up there and see this place. Was it paintings or was it other pieces of art? Was it sculptures as well? Yeah, I mean, when you went into his uh, flat, his hallway was like um, an Egyptian tomb. You know, he painted all these hieroglyphics and he had Cleopatra in the hallway and he (laughs) he made a lot of things. It was really, like, odd, you know, and he collected lots of, like, artefacts. But the two main pieces in his flats where he he, he didn't because he'd never let anybody in there you know so he had no heating and he had a problem with like uh, water coming through and you know he, his cooking facilities were two fireplaces which he'd like apparently he used to go round collecting objects he used a push chair and a pram and he'd go round Birkenhead like picking up bits and bobs and cement and he built these two massive fireplaces one's a bull and the other one's a lion's head. 
and inside their mouths, he, he like had a little stove where he used to like to make himself wholemeal pancakes and rice pudding. So he was, um, you know, a true outsider artist, really, and very unique and unusual. And, mm. you know, he played music as well. So sort of tied in a bit with our uh, world of our hoarding musical. Mm. And what stage have you got to with your hoarding musical? We're on the second draft and today, but it was another exciting day. Today we work with um, two different guys. Uh, one was, um, he was called Adriano um, Adewale and he was um, a percussionist Mm. and then we had um another guy called pete box you know when you see those people going yeah beatboxing yeah beatbox he he did that and he was called pete box yeah because he's called pete (laughs) (laughs) but um again he was very sort of a brilliant character and so like brilliant it is all his sounds and and then the percussionist you know he he used like everyday objects to make sounds which again is great for the horde the hoarding yes. and together with the other guys are all brilliant musicians you know from sheep soup they're the company that i'm working with at the moment um we just like had this amazing day with all this these new sounds that we haven't really heard before in when we've been um, exploring the musical. So it was ever so good. Did you throw in your Sumatran tiger? Oh, no, but I should do. I should have showed uh, Pete Box that. He probably would have liked it, but, but he would have been able to do it much better than me. He could, like, make, you know, he could make, like, squelchy sounds and he could make sounds of violins and strings and all. Oh, and, and he just, re- they both just responded to everything that we were doing it was ever so good it was so much fun so it was like a big jamming session yeah it was yeah around the different songs it was lovely it was lovely really great fun oh you're sounding very good spirits yeah you know there's nothing it was there's nothing like a bit of like creativity is there to get you going you know it was such a privilege really it's just a privilege isn't it to be in a room with just amazing creative people I felt yes I felt, yeah. I felt quite emotional and I'm, I'm ever so proud of of the you know the work and I'm so excited about what's going to happen next <laughs> and what is going to happen next is it where is it going to first be performed well we haven't got anyone who's you know putting it on yet but we've got different producers who are interested like the curve at Leicester and we've got Michael Rubinoff who did come from away and we've also um you know we're also doing a, a, an exploratory workshop um at a theatre in London mm-hmm. and um so you know there's lots of very exciting things aboard and I'm sure it's going to be on I hope you'll be in it Jane I hope you'll play Nell the hoarder you're going to be the next Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> Oh no! It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. Esther Lloyd Webber. No, no, no. Oh my (laughs) god! I'm not a fan of Lloyd Webber. No, I mean, I mean, you know, sort of with your writing skills and your creative skills, in you know, you you might take over the West End with your musical writing skills, (laughs) and everybody else will be shoved to one side. Cameron Mackintosh. Yeah. And we say, let me back into the West End. It's all testicles, testicles, testicles. You say that fast, it does sound like testicles. It's all testicles, testicles, testicles. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I think what's good about our musical, it is about mental health. It's about real relationships and problems that happen in families. And I think a lot of musicals do cover that, but this this is a bit to the nitty gritty, you know, and I think it's very mm. different, but very uplifting and and very lovely. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, I shall be very excited to either be in it or see it. Oh, what about you? What have you been doing? Well, I've been in Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not been doing a great deal of creativity, mm-hmm. though I have been meeting my lovely friend, Peter Curran, who was a guest on our show. Oh, yeah, Peter. And um, we are doing a project together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Can you reveal any doing... of the um, details? Oh, well, not really. No, not at this stage. Um, it's under wraps. The, uh, it's under wraps, It's under wraps. It's under wraps, yeah, it's Jim. Under wraps, Jim. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was very nice to see Peter. And I had a flat tyre, so he pumped my tyre. Did he? We went round Brighton trying to find a pump together. Ooh. And actually... Peter's sense of direction is just as bad as mine. Oh. We were successful in the end, but it took us a long, long time to get this pump. <laughs> but Peter was very, very good at pumping tyres. Was he? Otherwise, I've just been um, I've been swimming and hanging out on the beach. When you come out of your house, do you sing, Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside? Always. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm stoned by the neighbours. <laughs> Shut up, singing that song. No, actually, I don't sing that. What I do sing endlessly are um, Quadrophenia songs because, of course, that's where it was shot. Oh, lovely, darling, lovely. Tell me about the bees. The bees, the bees. Tell me about the bees. The bees. What has been happening with the bees? <laughs> well, so with the bees in my garden, there was a queen cell growing. And it's actually very warm. And we're going into the operating theatre. But we know that there's a queen cell that the bees made because they weren't too happy because I've been taking the, the eggs out to put in the hive up at the allotment and so they thought the queen wasn't laying uh, enough eggs so they've made a replacement queen. But it's not her fault and I don't want her to die so I'm going to take the queen cell out and then hopefully we can use it up at the allotment if there's um, no queen up there. Loki Cokes. So I've got my hood on. On the table I've got a hairpin, some string, some scissors and my hive tool and they're all the things that I'm going to need um, when I do my special queen cell operation. We took the lid off and we're going to, first of all, we've got a couple of supers that because I've had the Covid I haven't actually taken the super off yet. Oh, it's ever so heavy. Oh, gosh. So we've got one super that's absolutely bulging with honey. And if you remember, this was a small swarm. So amazingly, they've made absolutely full super. But they've also made about half a super in the second box, which is full of honey as well. 
Oh, it smells lovely. It's great to have my smell back. This time when I opened the hive, I could smell the honey. Um, so my taste and smell had come back. So that was brilliant. Oh, it smells so nice. So sweet. I love you, bees. This is Olive. Yeah. This is our lovely Olive. I just want to see that my queen's in here first. So I can see the queen. Can you see her? Look, there she is running across. So she's going round the other side. I wouldn't mind just getting her into the hive. I picked her off the frame because I thought I'd just remove her because I didn't want her to get involved in the operation of cutting off the queen cell. And, and then I dropped her. <laughs> God. She was okay though. She's probably got back up. Olive? You dropped Olive? The mother Teresa of bees? Don't treat a saint like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but she was all right. She was okay. There was a little sound, and that was Olive crashing onto the varroa mesh at the oh, bottom of the hive. Poor Olive. But she's alive and well because the, the following week I, I took the honey out and she was fine. I saw her. And she was it's because she's full of forgiveness. And she had a bandage round her head and she was wearing a crash helmet, but she was okay. I want to. Now get this queen cell off and make sure that the bees are all off. So I've just shaken them off and I took the queen cell out. I'm going to carefully, carefully break that off. It's not a, it's a strange queen cell actually this is because it's not massive. Oh, hold on. No. And I thought to myself, this this doesn't look like a fully sized queen cell. It doesn't really look very good. It's not a very big queen cell either, is it? They usually are like a finger pointing down. But this just looked like a little fingernail almost. It wasn't oh. quite right, but I took it off anyway. And um, I wasn't quite myself at that point. Right then, I'm going to put that in my pocket. I'm just... We need to keep that warm. Oops. So that's that then. So now we're leaving. We're leaving home and going up to the plot. I've not been onto the bee plot for well, well over a couple of weeks since I got COVID. So it's probably going to be an absolute jungle. We'll have to wade through until we get to the hives and hopefully they'll be okay. <laughs> and then I went up to the allotment to see whether I needed to put it into the hive there. Do you remember I'd opened the hive and I'd taken the queen out of the cage? It was the Ham Hampshire queen. Yes. And I thought mm. she'd flown off to Hampshire. So when I got to the allotment, I hope I can save the other colony, or maybe the queen that I thought flew off and flew to Hampshire, maybe she flew back. Maybe she got all the way to Basingstoke and thought, bloody hell, actually, maybe I do want the London life. Flew back. They were like, yeah, we're so happy to see you. And we're going to see her today, and she's going to be in there. Oh my God! Look at all this. How are we going to?
gonna get through? Oh, I don't want to tear my neck. Oh my goodness. We've got to Plot 84 and it's literally like a jungle. I mean, I don't know, just hope we don't tear our bee suits. Okay, so this is a, the hive that I was hoping to rescue with one more attempt at putting a queen cell in. Three weeks ago, there was quite a few bees, but they all were coming to the end of the life because they haven't had a queen for so long. So I can't see many bees. There's a few bees at the top. Let's have a look. So, there's a couple of supers. I don't know. There's quite a bit of honey in there actually, so they've not got through that. There are still some bees in there. Strange that they're not going out though. Well, if the bees upon the allotment have calmed down to some tune with Olive's eggs in there, you wouldn't have had to use smoke to investigate, would you? So, Jane, I'm going to take the smoker for these bees because they're nothing like the garden bees. Oh, it's all coming out now. They look like they were going to be dead as dodos, but I've opened the lid and they're quite busy in there and they've straight away come out and told me what's what. Which, I've got to be honest, is a pretty good sign. So maybe Mrs Hampshire is in there after all. We'll soon find out. Sometimes what can happen as well, if there's no queen, they've not really got the inclination to go out to work. So they could well be just thinking, just stay at home and eat the honey. I don't feel strongly that there's a queen in here, but they might have started laying eggs themselves, the workers. Oh, they've stuck this down though. Let's see. When they're sticking down, that sometimes means there is a queen in there. Hmm. So, so far, we've just taken one frame out. In fact, I'll put that over there. Just pollen, loads and loads of pollen they've been collecting. And I've just been hoping the whole time that they're gonna they're gonna get a queen. I can't see anything going on in here. Oh, oh, I can see something. And then suddenly, oh, hold on, there she was. Oh, I can see a queen. Oh, you beauty! Ah! <laughs> She's that Hampshire Queen. She is, I know it is. Let's see. The Hampshire Queen was in there and everything was tickety-boo. Oh, brilliant. You beauty. Fantastic. There's a queen and there's eggs and larvae. Yay! <laughs> Good. Well done. <laughs> 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I took the old lady's finger, the queen cell, afterwards, I said to myself, well, I'll just have a look at this because it didn't seem right. And when I opened it, there was just like half a a wing and a, a bit of broken queen there wasn't anything oh. in there. It wasn't a real queen cell. They'd obviously decided to, against making a new queen cell. So how does that happen then? Do they stop feeding it the raw jelly or they just sort of give up on it halfway through so it doesn't form properly? Yeah. Remember that they'd made a new queen because I'd taken some eggs out of the hive. Yes. Um, so they must have thought, oh, what's happened? We, we, the, we mm. thought the queen had laid all these eggs, but she hasn't, mm. you know. Mm. So they made this queen cell, but then they realised everything was tickety-boo and the queen was laying fine. So they must have broken down that queen cell. So they thought, we don't need a new queen. So we'll just... How did they do that? Yeah, they just sort of tear it down. So they break it and they just... The queen wouldn't have been quite fully formed inside. She would probably had about three days to go or something like that. So Mm. she would have looked like a bee and she she would have been alive, but she wouldn't have been fully formed. You know, she was metamorphosizing into a queen, but she wasn't quite there. And so then they'd just sort of broken the queen's cell off or half of it. And it was like just full of wax. But it was a bit confusing. you know, and uh, it was a bit odd. <laughs> anyway. Have you not seen that before? Not for a long time, no. I've seen like a supersedure cell. And if I see a supersedure cell, that's just one queen cell on the frame. Mm. I just usually leave it for the bees because they've decided to make a new queen for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I knew this reason was because I'd interfered. Yeah, I just yes. knew it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So they destroyed the queen cell, but it still looked a little bit like a queen cell. And that's why I thought, oh, I'll take it off and we'll examine it when I got to the allotment. Mm. How interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a good because the queen in uh, Olive is very successful, isn't she? They love her. Yeah, they absolutely love her, you know, and she's a lovely queen. And so after that, I took a load of honey off. Since then, in this week, when it's been sunny, I've seen so much activity outside the hive. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the other day I said to Tom, I'm going to have a quick look at this because there's just so much activity. And then I realised when I looked closer that they were throwing out the drones. Oh, is this the time of year that they do it then? Yeah, I mean, Stephen had said to me just shortly after the drone congregation visit, mm. he said uh, his hives had started throwing out the drones. Wow. But mine only just started like a couple of days ago. And this is to prepare for the winter? Yeah, yeah. But there's, they've even, in this since I took the honey out, I left one super, but it wasn't quite full. Anyway, the weight of it, really? the weight of it, 
It was so heavy. So they've got themselves a lovely super of honey for the winter. Brilliant. And now they've got rid of all the drones as well. Yeah, all the useless drones. Oh, poor um, drones. What were they doing? Were they sort of fighting to get back in again? Or did they just accept their lot? Well, to be honest with you, it looked like day one of the operation. You know, they were throwing them out and then they were coming back in. So what happens next is then they get more vicious and they start to, like, sting them because if they keep coming back, in the end, they have to kill them. And there was a wasp on the grass in front, you know, just ready to catch them. They sort of know that, you know what's going to be happening and they're sort of the scavengers like the sharks in the sea ready to... It's a brutal world, isn't it? I know, it really is. But Mm. um, they're just so calm, these bees in the garden. And I think, yeah, on a a warm day, I'm definitely going to be trying my naked beekeeping. Maybe you could come and join me with it. What? We're naked? You're going to be naked? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, But that's how gentle these bees are. Also, I thought maybe you meant naked beekeeping, not wearing the suit. I didn't mean not wearing the full suit in your birthday suit. I know, just imagine if I did that. It'd be so funny, wouldn't it? Well, they'd have easy access to that fanny of yours, (laughs) which they so love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, yeah. So um, I've got the bee inspector coming on Friday morning. Yeah. Um, before I go to work at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be coming and having a look at the bees in the garden and the bees on the allotment. And then I'm going to put my uh, winter varroa treatment on. Right. But I'm hoping when you come back from Brighton, we can do something like we can make our propolis tincture because there's lots of propolis in the hive. But I would love you to see the bees in the garden before we took them up for winter because they really are lovely. Yes, I'd love that myself. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. So you see, now I see see such a lot of naked people on the beach in Brighton. Maybe I'd be Mm. quite up for doing um, some... uh, Naked beekeeping. I think you'd be great. Maybe they were, <laughs> we'd have to just uh, watch out. The neighbours weren't looking through the window, though. But we might be able to do naked beekeeping up at the allotment because their mood, they, you know, those bees, the ones I've been trying to requeen, they were related to the Borstal yes. girls. Yeah, I know. Weren't they? Mm-hmm. But because I'd added some of Olive's eggs into them, They've calmed um, down. They've calmed right down. And now they've got the Hampshire Queen. Well, they just seemed so gentle again. But Olive is, is a, a very beautiful girl, isn't she? Oh, she is. She's sort of like the Mother Teresa of bees. She is. Honestly, she really is. If I could invite her to come to tea with me, I know I'd get on well with her. Mm. Mother Olive. maybe i could bring her to brighton to meet you what would you cook for if i brought her around oh what would i cook for Mm, i could make some um biryani (laughs) (laughs) biryani well i'm sure she'd really enjoy a biryani yeah (laughs) she loves a biryani this queen bee (laughs) <laughs> I could make her some. I could make her some granola. I've got a very nice granola Ooh. mix. Yeah, I think she'd like that. Would she prefer that to the biryani? I think she'd be more than happy if she sat down. You know, at your table. I don't have a table. 
Oh, okay. Where would you sit her? Well, I think I'd quite like to fancy having her uh, uh, like you like you did with Stephen. So she was in her little sedan chair up on that big pole. Mm-hmm. I think I'd keep yeah. her on the big pole. I'd take her down to the beach, and I'd let her have mm-hmm. a little look around the beach. Um, yeah. And and because it would be a curiosity, and people say, "What have you got in that cage?" Yeah. And so I could lower the stick so people could see her. Uh, in her, in on her sedan chair. Actually, no, I don't think I would take her indoors. I think mm-hmm. I'd I'd parade her through the streets like the Pied Piper. Um, oh right, and, um, yeah. and let her be seen. And then maybe as people were walking past and were interested, maybe she could have a little lick of their ice cream as we as we went by. Mm, yeah, I think she'd definitely like that. But what about the granola and the biryani? When would you feed her that? <laughs> I've changed my mind about that. It's too much hard work. I'd rather have the tourist feed her with their ice cream. Well, you could always get a takeaway for her before she got back on the train. <laughs> Are you sad that she's not having biryani now? Mm, yeah, because I was sort of thinking she 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 is quite sophisticated. <laughs> I think she would like a biryani. Yeah. So is that is it sophisticated biryani? <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's quite sophisticated. It's quite a complex dish to make, isn't it? I don't know. I've never made it. Oh, blooming eh? I thought you were going to get a trident. If a queen bee was, she was coming round to my house, I'd do a tried and tested dish. Oh, well, I'd do your homity pie then, because that's always a winner. Oh, well then, homity pie. Whoever has that, they love it. It's so naughty. When we do our naked beekeeping... Yeah. We can't be using smoke because it's got to be a, like, a really pure experience, Esther. You will I'll just smother you in butter before we do it, darling. So you can have, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have butter on ourselves <laughs> and the bees can just like, you know, Well, they just slide it. off us. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll be like a giant slippery slide for them. Oh, yes. Well, they do like a slippery slide. They love it. They love it, Jane. They'll be, they'll they be really sliding do. off our boobs. Ooh, <laughs> they'll love they'll that. A, it'll be a very short ride on mine. It'll be a long ride on mine. <laughs> <laughs> Downwards. It'll go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all the way down to the hive entrance with mine. My battery boobs. <laughs> It'd be like the Tower of Terror with mine. Straight down. (laughs) (laughs) Esther, so you now have three colonies. Olive in the Garden, Hampshire and the Wood Greeners Mm -hmm. at the allotment. Mm -hmm. Are there any of the first colonies when we first started out doing this uh, podcast? Are there any remaining that were at the beginning? No. None at all? No. No, there's not, are there? But, well, hold on. Yeah, no, I think you are. The, the book fast got a new queen, which was Miss Hampshire. So you have, you still got the yeah. book fast somewhere. It weren't so naughty as the Borstals. They're soon going to be, you know, transformed into a new colony, aren't they, with the Hampshire Queen? And probably, you know, they're they're not related anymore to the to the Buckfast, to the naughty Borstal bees. They've all died off. I mean, they've been hanging on and hanging on 
all summer for a queen. You know, it's been quite amazing how how long they managed to live. I was very, very impressed. There'd be some of the book fast still in there, though, won't there? With, no, with, not with now. No, 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 all gone. Not now. Yeah, the nurse bees that are looking after the Hampshire queen's eggs mm. will be the, the ones from the garden. They'll be olives bees. Oh, right, OK. So that's so interesting, that though, in. isn't it? That, that mm. you know, from starting this podcast last May or whenever it was, you don't have any of the same uh, colonies that you did at the beginning or the same queens. As you know, there's a couple that are on Regent's Park, but one of them's queenless and the other one's... Well, there is one colony survived. So one colony has survived um, out of uh, the three that I had at the beginning of the year, but Mm. that's in Regent's Park. And I don't want it back. No, but that's quite interesting for the listeners to know, isn't it, that actually, you know, beekeeping isn't just sort of leave your bees to get on with it. You really Well, do. it can be sometimes. It can be sometimes, Jane. You know, it can be... So what? what's the longest time you've had one single colony? Oh, gosh, years. Um, really? I've had one colony that sort of lived with the same queen for like three years or four years, I think. It, it, and I, w- I didn't kill the queen. That was a few years ago now but but mostly I had the same queen for you know two years and then usually what you do is you know you might split the colony on a good year when nothing goes wrong mm. you have a healthy colony you split it so then you make two colonies and that stops it from swarming well it can do mm. and then you you know you you can have more colonies but I haven't been able to do that you know it's it's not it's not been straightforward um, mm, mm. at the moment. And, you know, there's been, like like I think we've mentioned this before, there's been a lot of problems with with queens. Mm. Um, and that's what I've had. You know, I've had a colony that tried to get a new queen that might have swarmed, but they just couldn't, they couldn't get a new queen. Then they did have a queen and she never laid an egg, you know, mm. and it just went on and on and on. And we nearly lost the whole colony. Thank goodness we got the Hampshire queen. Mm. Otherwise, that would have been a goner. But that that is bees and that's beekeeping and that's sometimes how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. You know, I got those package bees last year and that blooming replacement colony and they all, you know, they were very defensive bees. And what's happened is we've turned it all around and we're ending the season with three really nice colonies with very nice queens. And just if these all survive through the winter, well, let's hope. You know, all three do, but even mm. if two do, even if one does, we've still got bees and they'll be a nice natured bee. Yeah, lovely. Isn't that smashing? And yeah. they've got lots of supplies for the winter. I mean, they really have, you know. Two of the colonies have got a super each of honey. The natural bees that have built all their own wax, all their own stores, they've, I don't think they've got a lot of stores. So we'll see whether they survive or not. They might do. Mm. I'll feed them. But, um, you know, it's been a bit of a slower process for them. But sometimes even a small colony like that can get through as long as you give them a bit of fondant. You know, we don't know what's ahead. Um, and hopefully Lynn will be back on track next year because she's not been so good. And she'll she'll have some bees to start with in the spring because mm. they're in her hive. I put them in her hive, which, you know, she lets them build their own wax and she's she's more of a natural beekeeper. So that's mm. been, you know, an interesting, an interesting journey. 
Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> so hopefully we'll see you on the allotment before long, Jane, and we can have another look before we shut down for winter. I'd love that. I'd love that. Aww. Well, thank you very much, Esther. That's such a lovely note to end on, that you've got these three harmonious colonies. It's lovely. And I can't wait to see them, uh, especially Little Olive. And um, I, shall, mm. I shall bring some biryani for her and some granola and see which she prefers best. Good. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Jane. And yes. thanks for a great podcast today. It was really lovely to catch up. And I've really, I've really missed you over the last couple of weeks. Oh, well, we're going to be seeing each other at the weekend. So that's good. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> neither can I. Neither can I. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. Bye. Bye. Love you loads. Bye. And I'll call you up whenever I'm feeling down. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield and partly recorded at The Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. It feels so good just to have you around This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.